Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, kids, strap it in. I've got a fiery, feisty one for this round. So I met Jane not too long ago. We had a badass conversation. I'm like, fuck, I got to bring you on the show and razzle these people up with some thoughts, some ideas. So so y'all strap it in. It's going to be a tough one. Oh, I have Miss Jane M. Powers. And I got the M in there because I was giving her hell about it. Good hanging out with us today. So Jane, welcome to the show, my dear. Please tell us your story. Are you ready for me? No, no, no. <laughs> I was no. telling her, I'm like, I don't know how many guests that I've said, wait until I say, tell me your story before you pop in. I was waiting for her to derail my ass. She's like, as soon as you start talking, I'm jumping in. As in a hijack, hijack the intro. Uh, so <laughs> you want to know my story? For God's sake, you know how old I am, right? <laughs> well, you know, one foot in the grave old is not bad. I get it. <laughs> no, it's not bad. I've been on this planet. I tell you, I've been on this planet long enough and I've had... I always laugh because people are like, what have you done? I have had 25 career adjustments in my lifetime. So wait, I've done it what, all. what is there. a career adjustment? <laughs> Isn't that a great way to say it? So I, <laughs> that is I a way either. to shift some <laughs> fucked up moments in life. That's what that is. Thank you. It either was an opportunity to dodge security exiting me out of the building or uh, you know, I like to say they they said they fired me, but I'm just really quicker than them. So I'd quit really quickly. <laughs> You're, I quit. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you are fabulously leaving. Thank you. But, <laughs> no, truly, I, I'm telling you, and, and you know, it's funny because we talk about people are like, oh, what do I want to do when I grow up? I, I still don't know, honest to God. So the career adjustments, I started my career, I started in the prison, drug and alcohol treatment centers. I was working front lines with sexual abuse, interventions, delinquents, uh, drug addiction, you name it. And then I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, I think I can make some money. So maybe I should go and work somewhere that actually you make some money. So I went into the business world, I became a pimp. Actually, that was in uh, the employment industry. I was selling people to companies. Then I went into, I, I've done 40 other things, um, multi-million dollar producer in real estate. That was awesome until 2008. Anybody remember that shit yeah. show? <laughs> I went crumbling down with it. And then you're going to like this, Donnie, because it really fits you and I. I became a spiritual life coach. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's great. It's great. Tell me more. <laughs> I swear, I after the real estate market crashed, I think I cried. It was only two, maybe two to three years. And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do with myself? And an email came across and said, be a spiritual life coach. And I'm like, <laughs> through my tears, I said, yes. I think I spent 30,000 bucks and realized that I wanted people to zen at 832 miles an hour and get results rather than heal all their stuff. Because truth be told, that isn't happening 
while you're sitting, it's happening while you're moving. So then people are like, how are you so successful? You're doing spiritual life coaching in corporate America. And what I realized is all I did was speak and sell. So that's my business now. I speak, I sell, I teach others to speak and sell. That's it. Okay. So that's the most modest I've ever heard you talk about the speak and sell. I want context for these guys. <laughs> Give them an idea of when you say you speak and you sell, what volume do you speak and sell at? <laughs> so <laughs> let me be braggalicious just for Thank a moment. You. All right. So here's um, you know, I mean, I've hit a stage with a handful of people in the room. I think early on, my best one, this was when I first started experimenting. We had about 15 people in the room and I close. You can't sell. Like you can't, you got to speak with an underlying tone by my shit. That's your talk. And people are just falling in love with you. So I think my first one, this was many, many, many years ago, 15 people in the room. I think I closed $35,000 and I thought, hey. I got something. This is this is epic. Then I started hitting more stages and I'd pay to play or I just hit a free stage. And then I decided I'm going to try my own stage because I think that's where the money is. So I did my first event. We had 53 people in the room. I didn't know what I was doing. I did my best. I'm a professional speaker over 30 years. I know what I'm doing. Got in, hit the stage. I think we closed. That one was 53 people. We closed three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Then I got, then people, if you do events or speaking, you'll get addicted. It's like a freaking drug. So I started doing two events a year, closing anywhere from seven, the last two we did 760,000. Then the next one, six months later, we did $840,000. So why don't you start working for a living? I mean, why don't you do something that actually makes money? Shit. <laughs> hey, hey, the pandemic hit took all my stages away. So I'm I'm rocking it on uh, online. See, and here's the thing, you know, Donnie, you know this. People think because they're good live on stage, they'll be they'll be great virtually. And right. that is so far from the truth. Yes, it is. It is I, hard to translate. You know, but you know, Clubhouse is 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 leveling the playing field some because they don't have to be on camera now. You know, so <laughs> so you can be an ugly son of a bitch, but on Clubhouse, you look fucking amazing. So yeah. what's that saying? People are like, I have a face for radio. Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> Thank God you and I are good looking. Right, right. So now this is not, now I want them to hear that. So so just for context and background, your story, what you've been able to accomplish um, all the way through this as we dive into this, because. You know, I personally believe that if you're not doing some sort of speaking in your business, you are missing out on one of the greatest business development tools in the fucking world. I mean, I don't give a shit what you sell. You get on stage, and even if you're a fucking moron, people think you have something because they don't have the balls or courage to do it themselves. So it's a massive part. Oh, I mean, once I figured this out back when I was selling commercial printing, of all things and speaking on stages, you know, and it wasn't about printing. Nobody gave a fuck about printing. No. <laughs> so it was always sales and business development my entire career. But, you know, that entire thought process of getting on stages for, for you, are you teaching people how to do this kind of stuff now, how to get on stages and speak, 
or are you just using it to sell your shit and whatever you're selling? Now, my entire business. So, you know, I have my my patented trademark famous intro commercial that I've now sent about five cease and desist letters out because everybody loves it. So they rip it off and you're like, get your own stuff. So <laughs> my number one tip is don't rip anybody off. It's right. it, it's rude. I, you know, um, so I have my intro commercial, which I teach people 17.5 seconds. You can have people leaning in and saying, I want to know more. So mine is entrepreneurs hire me to speak with confidence and sell with authority. And then it goes on into the formula. I did that one time. I saw a gal and I thought, I want to work with her. It just, it, you know, you just get that feeling. You're like, this is a good client. This would be a great one. So I went over, I said, entrepreneurs hire me to speak with confidence, sell with authority because they cannot articulate their message clearly and they are leaving opportunities empty-handed. So I help you connect, capture, and close your ideal audience. Bottom line, every time you open your mouth, you make money. If you wanna make money, give me a call. The gal gave me a call, I sold a $24,000 program. So that's 17.5 seconds, a 20 minute call, 24,000. That is not a bad deal. So what I do, is I create messaging. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna write? What are you gonna deliver? How do you open the door? How do you keep the door open? Then I do sales training. So we've got our core sales training program. I've been doing sales as long as I've been speaking. That has been my, if people are like, how do you know how to overcome every objection? I'm like, just keep doing it. Like it takes practice, it takes practice and confidence. And even so, at my yeah. age now, I don't even think about overcoming objections. You know, I just bring them up. You know, yeah. as you're talking to somebody like, okay, so this is what you're going to say next. This is what you're going to say next. You know, yeah. uh, can we just put those on the table? Let's talk about them now. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, from stage, you can do that exact same thing, Donnie. All from stage, you're basically saying, I know what's happening right now. Your brain is saying, I can't afford it. Oh, come on. That is the best excuse anybody can have to try not to say yes to yourself. And then you go into the objection, but you deliver from stage all the objections. Do you want to know the best thing? And I tell people this. I tell people the best thing I do about my events, right before my offer, I demonstrate overcoming objections. It's the <laughs> smartest thing you could ever do because they're like, well, why if you can't afford it? Let me tell you why. So for example, my program, here's what's happening with most of you. That's why we close the room because I'm helping people move beyond their resistance. Their own bullshit. It's their own excuses. And, you know, you can swing a dead cat and hit an entrepreneur, a coach, I should say. You can. <laughs> We're everywhere. And probably 70% need to get a job. Yes. Agreed. Because they don't want to, they don't want to speak and they don't want to sell. Guess what entrepreneurship is? speak and sell a funnel is great no effect i think funnels are great everybody needs a funnel but if you can't fill the funnel god that's such a great point so this is this is a pet peeve for mine uh, for me and and it's in simply this all these motherfuckers are investing in oh i should have a course i should have a funnel i should do a podcast i should write a book i should do all this shit that none of it matters if there's no audience Exactly. It's like, I'm telling you, it's like COVID. You look in your closet and you go, man, I have some, I have some really cool outfits. I, that's a hot outfit, but where are you going to go? Like right. you, you, you can't go anywhere, but that is so everybody, they, 
I did not, I made probably a half million, half million. I, I'm not lying because it became my claim to fame. People are like, you need a brand, you need a website, you need a, I did not have a website. I did not have a business card. I did not have, I barely, my first sale, I didn't have anything to sell. <laughs> I sold. <laughs> and then I said, oh shit, <laughs> I better make something up. But everybody else is like, they want to put a bow on it. Then they put a big, a bigger bow and then they have to redo the bow and they're getting ready to get ready to get ready. That's why well, they're, they're, they're not getting ready to get ready. They're avoiding doing sales. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, it's right. not getting ready to get ready. <laughs> it's they don't want to be rejected by somebody. So yeah. all of this stuff keeps them from having courage to step forward and fucking put themselves out there. That is so true. And, you know, here's what I want. I want people to understand this. Like people will meet me and they'll think, oh man, nothing scares you. You're tough. And I'm the youngest of seven. I grew up in the craziest household on the planet. Uh, you know, I call it a complicated family. That's being very nice. <laughs> I have been through more crap. I played basketball. I had a scholarship in college. I played bad every sport. I only played basketball with men because you can beat the crap out of you guys. You're sort of an odd breed. You can beat the crap out of you. And then you're like, hey, you want to go for a drink afterwards? And I'm like- Well, right, what's wrong with that? Women, I played, listen to this. I played hockey with women. And that, you know, it's hockey. What do you do in hockey? Beat the shit. Hockey <laughs> is the boxing match on ice. That's what hockey is. <laughs> exactly. I would, and people would be women. They'd be so mad at me. And I'd be like, come on. So I'm telling you, I'm intense, but I am probably the most sensitive person on the planet. <laughs> I hate no's. I hate sales. I do because there's the potential for someone to say, you know what? I don't want to buy your stuff. I don't like you. I don't like what you're, whatever it is. And I have to navigate taking that personally. And I've been doing this 30 years. So if anyone should shy away it's me having this little sensitive side of, of who I am. But I'm going to tell you, it's not about the no. It's about moving beyond that no to find the real reason. That's what saves me in sales. If somebody's like, no, this it doesn't work for me. Well, then I find out, you know, they're broke because of whatever or whatever's going on with them. Then I understand it's not about me. But most people stop at the no and don't realize it's not about them. That's why I'm so good at sales because I just move beyond that to find the real reason. And then I don't have to feel like shit about myself and I'm able to move on. But every aspect, getting booked is a sales conversation. Yep. Getting on a pot right now, we're having a sales conversation. I'm having a sales conversation with your audience. Well, you know, here's the funny thing is, is this is what I tell everybody. It's the same thing. People right now, we're in this world of everybody's doing virtual coffees, right? Get to know you. I'm like, guys, every one of those conversations is a fucking sales call. You're sitting in that moment. You have one job to disqualify them from any of your products and services. That's it. And you open doors for them. You make introductions, blah, blah, blah. But you're disqualifying through the fucking process. And, and people are like, but I'm just there to get to know. No, you're not. Here's, I love to say this, and I can say it because I am a woman, just in case you people can't, you're not going to see me during this interview, but I truly am. Here's what I find. I go to women's organizations 
and they want to spoon and cuddle and braid each other's hair and hope someone buys their stuff. And not all women, trust me, but many. And I'm thinking, I go to men, you know, if I'm talking to a, a, a dude, I'm like, here's what I've got. You sound like shit from stage. You're boring. You're confusing. You're inconsistent. Here's what you need. Let's work together. And they're like, okay. Why whenever I use the man's voice, you sound like a caveman. I don't like, know. I was ready to go, ugh. <laughs> Every time I imitate a man, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. But <laughs> no offense to all my male clients. But, and, and I'm not saying all women, but we're more sensitive to the feelings of others. And that gets in the way. But if you confess, that's the best thing you can do. Listen, I apologize, but I'm going to be very direct here. When I saw you on stage, your message fell flat because you're right. over delivering, you're doing this. Now I'm saying, hey, I, I, I'm, you remember your parents would say, maybe I don't know yours, Jen. They'd say, I'm, I'm going to punish you because I love you. <laughs> like, you're getting this spanking because I love you. And you're like, can you love me with a hug? That would be more fun. But, <laughs> but that's what we have to communicate is, hey, I do this because I care. And if you, my greatest mission over the last handful of years, I was one of the only women standing on stage with a bunch of men. Because number one, I'll write a check for $15,000 to stand on a stage. That, that does not phase me. I'll write 15 grand, 18 grand, because I know I can sell well beyond that. That's what I want people, I wanted before we got shut down, I wanted people to, women, to start rolling the dice on themselves. I'll roll the dice on myself all day long, well, all day long. A couple of things that, that pop in my head is one, when you are a powerhouse, strong, confident female, y'all don't fucking play nice together. Right. You put two confident females in the same room and it's a dogfight, um, which has always baffled me. And I, I've never understood because um, I personally, I think women outsell men all day long. And, and, and the reason they are able to outsell men is they have something that guys don't have. Women can put their finger in you and fucking like hold it there until you're screaming in pain and usually take it on the chin. Guys want to fix everything. Right. Guys want to come in and go, oh, wait, let me fix that for you before they make the fucking sell. So so I love that dynamic, but I'm always been confused why the powerhouse women, you know, want to duke it out. And, and I love that. And that's I've had a challenge my entire life because I collaborate more with men. I played sports with men and it, there's the competitive spirit, but you're competitive to a point where you're still buddies. Like, look at the all-star games. They go to the all-star games, the men, they go to the all-star games and they are, they are best of friends, but boy, they will duke it out. Like they hate each other. Right. Women have a tendency to take so much personally. Hmm. And that is what I run into that. I've tried to partner with women and oh my God, it gets ugly. And I'm like, that's why I hang mostly, you know, in the industry, mostly with the guys, because, and I'm, and please don't, don't take any of this as, you know, I'm, I'm trash talking women. What I'm saying is it's, there's an observation that says, now I will be as sensitive again. I'm still a woman. I'll compete with men in the industry. And sometimes I get pissed at them and my buddies are like, why would you take that personally? I'm like, shut up. I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just how we are we're wired, but 
And, and I, you know, I work with executive women and men in organizations. And what I tell them, you don't have to do business like a man. You have to do business like a strong woman. And a strong woman has a voice. And that's the focus of my business is express yourself. If someone, you know, one of, one of my colleagues, you know, we're all multi seven figure, ripped off some of my stuff. And I called them, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, I didn't have anything else. I go, you can't do it. And then he's like, okay, all right. But instead of going away and being hurt or whatever, you know, it's like do business like a strong person. Do business like a strong person that cares about themselves, their own limits and boundaries, and cares about everyone else at the same time. But not a level of codependence or being afraid. I've hurt people's feelings. I know I have, but I always do it because, again, I love you. Like, I care. That's a tough one for me because, you know, I come with a warning label in the rooms I walk into. They're like, you know, hey, it's the funniest thing on Clubhouse right now. My, on Clubhouse, my picture has, you remember back in like the 80s when you got the tape decks and stuff with, with parental advisory? Yeah. So that is on my picture because I was going into enough rooms they're like, okay, before Donnie unmikes, let me forewarn you, if you're on speakerphones or if you got kids in the car, put your headsets in, take it off speakerphone. I'm like, fuck, when did we get so sensitive as a society? You know, but but it's it's, I love that, whole warning label but some people i walk in the room and you'll see it they'll walk out because they can't handle my personality in there it's not everybody it doesn't happen often but it does happen you know and there's times i'm like well fuck but did they leave because of me and and i start thinking right you know shit do i need it and i'm like so i have to have battle with myself even going all right, Donnie, maybe some days you don't need to go full fucking Donnie, <laughs> you know, but that'd be, that'd be boring. <laughs> right. I think you so. Know, Cause I like being I, you. I think I'm telling you, <laughs> I like you being you. Um, <laughs> you know, I went down to, um, to the South and I went to an event and it was um, I, I, very glamorous, very glamorous women. And I'm, I'm Midwest, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm Chicago, right? I, you know, I live in Arizona now, but I wear leather pants. I wear Doc Martens because my feet will not put a, a high shoe on to, I'd fall. Or I so much something. like you so much more now. I know you wear Docs, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they do, there are some that are, you know, I have skulls and then I have some that are glittery and all that, but I wear my Doc Martin leather pants and I always have a really cool, badass leather jacket on. And I'm just me. And I walked in and, and I felt like I was on Misfit Island, right? You know, I thought, <laughs> oh my God, look, I am like, I, which one of these is not like the other? And I, I never apologize for who I am. I never apologize for how I show up. I, no, I don't. And I went in, I spoke, and I'm telling you, a number of women pulled me aside and said, I would give anything to show up and dress like you. And I said- Then do it. I, and I said- you obviously aren't willing to give anything. Otherwise you go over that corner booth where they're selling. I just bought a pair of leather pants over there. Go buy them and put them on. Oh, I can't do that. And I thought, yeah. Yeah. So 
I understand where they're coming from. I'm empathetic to it. I don't care, but I'm empathetic to it, right? So, because I know 20 years, corporate America. Yes. You don't cuss in corporate America. You don't wear ball caps. You shut up. You do what you're told. You know, you make somebody else really look good. You make them a lot of fucking money, right? That's how you win in corporate America, right? When I came out of corporate America and I launched my company, I remember the first time I said, you know what? I'm just going to help people be badass. The number of my corporate America people go, can you do it without saying badass? Right. Can you do it? And I'm like, what am I going to say? Oh, you're awesome. You ruffian. Know? You're a ruffian. <laughs> you're so tough. Um, you know, and, and the amount uh, and I, I literally had to wrestle with it because I was 20 years trained to not cuss. I was 20 years trained to show up and act a certain way. And, you know, I remember I went down to a conference in Florida I was speaking at. The guy who ran the conference as I'm walking on stage looks me square in the face and says, hey, can you not go full Donnie on this? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I don't want you to upstage me, upstage me on this thing. And I'm like, I'm the last motherfucker you should ever tell me don't upstage me on it. You shouldn't have fucking invited me down. Now you're right? <laughs> right. So I go out on stage and I'm like, where the fuck are all my badasses at? My people stand up, right? So all the people that that just resonated with that were like, fuck yeah. Then the other side of the room were like, you know, he said fuck, you know, um, freaking out. And that was the moment though for me that I realized that Donnie being Donnie, right? That just raw country guy who happens to be hanging out with a midwest girl at the moment right you know country s dude that cusses wears ball caps and t-shirts that's who the world needs to meet and it was a very 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 powerful moment for me because i think i think there's a lot of people that are a closeted jane or a closeted yeah. donnie and yeah. they're wanting to just bust out of that and and i came from you know chicago employment industry we had to wear these things called pantyhose it is like if you're into S and M, you'll like them. I I, I don't. They are. You're into S and M, you'll like they're, them. They're the worst constraining. So I'm doing. I am out there, and then I trained with one of the spiritual leaders. Remember, I was a spiritual right, and I was going out, and I was on stage with a very fancy suit. Now I gave up the pantyhose a long time ago because nothing good happens in the danger zone when <laughs> one wears. Pantyhose. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. I'll loan you a pair. I'll loan you. So, I mean, I, you know, and my training was corporation. And then it was training with a very formal ex-minister that was very polished and very formal. And I'd stand from stage and I'd say things like, you know, she, what I say, there's a green growing edge of your becoming, seeking to emerge by means of you, through you, with you, by you. <laughs> and I'm saying this and I'm thinking, oh my God what is that that's coming out of my mouth and I'm doing a big big corporate training and I'm doing this thing and I mixed up my words and I said something like so when the fart is delivered <laughs> and in my head and you know this from speaking there's like a voice in your head going hey you just said fart right. and then there's another part going just continue just look good look polished and I thought this is the moment this is the moment I stood dead center in the stage. I, I went silent and I said, here's the deal. 
either you people are not listening to me or no one in this room thinks a fart is funny. The room like, oh, they heavy sighed. They all like died. They were just like, they were worried about me. Right. I'll tell you from that point on, I put on leather pants. I changed everything I said. And once we become authentically ourselves, Nobody should be out there clapping like Tony Robbins or jumping around a stage like Tony Robbins or, you know, being, you know, carrying a glass of wine on. Like Nobody Laurel. should clap like Tony Robbins, man. That dude's got some fucking big ass he claw just, head. <laughs> All I see is those hands. Do you know, <laughs> he, a doctor of mine used to treat him all the time here. That dude's body, he may as well have played pro football with no pads. I hear, well, that's what... <laughs> know if that's confidential or not but (laughs) he his body's in uh, i talked to one of his bodyguards i was having lunch with one of his bodyguards one time and he said his body from jumping around and everything he is like hit by a bus every time he goes on in that stage love him or hate him i don't know but but it's about finding your own voice and being unique like somebody getting on a podcast and trying to be donnie like they couldn't do it well you know along those lines I, I remember I was still working in corporate America and I was doing a training for about 90 CEOs and these were big companies. And I was talking about how they run their sales managers, right? Or their VPs of sales. And we're going through the process. And in a moment of frustration with a CEO, because he was just being a dumbass when it came to, and he kept saying, well, they should just get it. They should just get it. And I'm like, and it just came out and I didn't really remember saying it. So a lot of this, I don't remember the exact moment when I said it, but I was like, dude, not everybody's fucking you. And I don't even remember saying that portion, right? And the only reason I remember this story is after this whole thing goes over, man, they, they write it reviews and the reviews of this thing. I had just so many people like, oh my God, this transformed my company, which is great things. This one guy, 70 fucking years old, walks up to my business partner and says, we need to talk. And my business partner is about what? He goes, Donnie said the F word in training. And my business partner is like, you go tell him that. I ain't telling him that. <laughs> so this guy goes, hey, can we talk? We shared a building together. And he's like, hey, can, can you come down to my office and talk? Like I was being called like the principal's office. You know, and not even in, in my company. This, he was a guy in training that was paying us. And we go, I go down to his office, he goes, and he gets that really grandfatherly, fatherly pose. And he's like, Donnie, I got to tell you, I lost a lot of respect for you today. And I said, really? Shit. I, I didn't know what I had said fuck at this point. Um, and I said, really, what happened? Um, the, he goes, you said the F word during the training. And I'm like, oh, Jim, I'm so sorry. And he goes, and I said, was there value in the training? He goes, oh, Donnie, I think you, you're going to massively impact my business. I think we're going to implement all these strategies. I think it's going to be brilliant. I said, but your only takeaway is I said, fuck. Right. Right. All that massive things, all the compliments, all the other things. And, and you're worried that I said, fuck. That was for me, the trigger of where I started thinking, I got to get the fuck out of corporate America. Yeah. yeah. I was early on in my speaking career, I would they'd pull me into a lot of HR functions. And you know, I tend to use, I use a lot of humor. I'm a smart aleck, I love it. And there's a table right in front and this young gal asked a question and this whole HR, all this stuff. And I turned and I said, but 
what you're like 10 why would you ask that question <laughs> i didn't know what it was and the whole room is laughing well of course at the end i have a note dropped at my at my you know at my line and it said i really feel that you should not age discriminate during an hr presentation <laughs> <laughs> That's an old lady. I'm sure this is you, but it was like, I, I realized, I thought, you know what, the, you know, that saying, if you can't take, fuck them if they can't take a joke. Right. Like, if people don't like you. Well, we always change it to joke them if they can't take a fuck too, so. <laughs> I'm going to use that now. But it's like, you know, if people don't like you, you can't be all thanks to all people. And if you are, you're not authentic. You um, know, um, I'm not a big fan of Andy Frazello. Right. Um, love him, hate him. But he said a phrase one time that just hit for me. And what he said was, if you're not pissing somebody off, then you were not being authentic. And I thought, God, that's a great way of looking at it. And the point is not to piss somebody off. That's not the point. The point is being so authentically you that you find your tribe, your people, your, you know, the people that are into your shit. And, and that's where the magic is. I, I totally agree. I came off stage one time and the gal came up to me and she goes, I really need to hire you, but I am scared to death of you. And I said, <laughs> I said, really? I said, why? She said, you're so direct. And I said, here, let me help you understand me. You and I can work together for six months and get what most are going to take you two years to do. I said, if I wait, it's like therapy. Trust me, people, you probably figured it out. I've had enough therapy in my day and I'd go in. And I'd be talking, 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 and, I, and, it, and I'd talk until I figured it out. Well, sometimes that'd take two months, three months, whatever. And I don't have that time for you to go out and make money. You're going to pay me a fee. I'm going to have you go out almost instantly and make that money back. If I'm waiting for you to process through the fear, the doubt, the creating 4 million you know, widgets for your business, you're going to hate me because I, I promise you every year I am the reason for someone to fail in business because who else do they have to blame? They're not going right. to take themselves under, you know, underarm. They're looking and going, Oh, it's Jane's fault. Her program didn't work. No, you didn't do what I told you. So when this gal came up to me, I said, it'll take me half the time because I'm not going to wait for you to figure it out. I'm going to tell you, here are the mistakes here. <laughs> trust me. I've made a few here are the mistakes. Here's what you do for success. That's it. Now let's work together and go make that happen. But that that's the truth is if someone doesn't want you to be direct, I had this one gal, oh, she could get 10 speaking gigs a day. She was amazing. Couldn't close a sale. Couldn't close a sale. I was really gentle because she had indicated, I need you to be gentle, 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 gentle. And finally it got to the point where I'm like, I added it up. It was probably a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars she was missing, and I thought I got to weigh this. Do I want her to like me, yep. or is it more important for her to get results? So I had a come to Jesus meeting. She hated me and closed twelve sales the next day, and I thought it's worth it. Right. Well, for me, I'm I'm okay with you saying, you know what, Donnie, fuck you, as long as it's working. Yeah. Right. Be pissed off. Be mad at me. I don't care. Yeah. You know, there's a reason we're telling you what to fucking do. Put in the work. Do the shit. You know, um, but even in the back of our head, I'll speak for me. I won't put words in your mouth. In my back of my head, sometimes I, I'll, I'll go, wow, that was really tough. <laughs> you know, um, you know, 
shit, you really hit him with the right hook on that one. So I always come in and, and do a temperature check. I'm like, yeah. okay, that was a tough round. Where are you at? And I don't do one-on-one coaching at all anymore. I just, I don't have time for it. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll look at him. Okay. That was a you know big hit, bunch of people around. Where's your head? And 99% of the time they're like, fucking good to go. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, but. My coaching calls with my guys, but the men, <laughs> I'm telling you, the coaching call, we get on, they go, okay, give it to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Rope a dope. And then they go, excellent. Thank you. And then there we go again. And then when I have the, the women. The it, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> and, and most of the women, not all, but many of them, I go, oh, you know, we do an update, we do a check. And then I go, okay, here's the point that I'm really going to have to get direct with you. So they're prepared. I'm the same way though. Whenever I hired a coach, I think my last coach, I wrote a check for a hundred thousand. I said, the only thing I require is you best put X's and O's at every email you send me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I need to know while I'm getting my ass kicked that you love me. That's all. And I tell you, I, you know, I, I am, I am probably the most sensitive out there, but what's key is I know how to communicate what I need. I always, I tell my clients, teach me how to coach you. I'm not a one size fits all. Everything is based on your, you know, and then I'll morph you into hearing what I, how I care about you. And then we're going to get direct. But most of the time you hear this, people are like, oh yeah, I've been through five programs. Did it work? No. Why? Well, their program was this, that, or I didn't do this. And that's when you know that now you know where the problem is. Common common denominators right there. So I I always say I'm in the, I'm the, I'm in the Canon operating business, right? I will shove your ass into a cannon, light the fuse, give you all the materials to sail, and I'm gonna fire you out of a cannon. And I've done that time and time again because you don't have to wait to figure it out. I'll tell you everything, and then I'll put you in the cannon, go make a ton of money. I love it. I love it. So let's shift gears just a little bit because I know some of the people listening to this are like, okay, I'm I'm getting on all these you know workshops and things across the world because everything's Zoom world now, you know. What is some simple things they can apply right now to up their sales game as they're speaking at all these summits and shit? Yeah, stop <clears throat> stop talking and start speaking. That's like, that's the most important thing I can tell people. Stop talking. And nobody cares about our story. Nobody cares about our story. People get on and be like, well, it started when I was three. We don't care. I got a shittier story than you and you got a better story than me and nobody cares because and like, everybody's heard the stories, right? Yeah. You, know, you were abused. You were beat. You were, you know, you were in corporate America. You left. We, okay, cool. We've heard them all. Right. Rags to riches. Yeah. Oh, I was homeless. And you know, had, I was 400,000 in debt. And then I'm like, wait a minute, dude, aren't you living with your mom and you're building a four, $400,000 home? Yeah. But that's in debt. And I'm like, well, you're lying. you're 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 building you know but so here's the other thing and and most what most people i'm telling you i have my speaker your speaker success kit.com there's my plug your speaker success kit.com that is my intromercial formula i i'm gifting your people that is the training it'll tell you exactly how to build an intromercial stop with this elevator pitch the good old-fashioned elevator pitch I help. You sound like a volunteer. Right. The one thing, if you can change one thing, 
entrepreneurs hire me. Organizations, C-level, um, business owners, podcasters, hire me. That is the key right there. What that says is you've got a viable business. You've got a viable business and then you move into the holy grail of what you do. The intromercial, I, I have, that thing has, I'm starting, that is my, that is my pandemic. I want everyone to have the intromercial because that number one, that opens so many doors and I watch it. If somebody says you have 60 seconds to introduce yourself, you have a 17.5 second intromercial. Look at all the time you have to teach them two tips and then have a call to action. Hey, you might as well download your speakersuccesskit.com. Here's why. What's going to happen is position me, position them, position your offer. You're going to close deals all day long. What was the website again? I didn't hear it. Your speaker. Don't you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure they got it. I mean, we'll put it, we'll put it with the notes yeah. and shit too. But but it's really it's it's your like you, your speaker's success kit. Which and your is it? Is it the Y-O-U-R? Is it the Y-O-Y-O-U-R? Y-O-U-R. But the key, I'm telling you, the key is people. <laughs> I, I sit on these things now more virtually than before I wouldn't go to any networking grin and grippers. It's like, hey, buy my shit. Hey, buy my shit. Right. Stop multi-level marketing me. Um, but I'm telling you, you get on these, make a difference. That, that is the key. I will, I will, you know, Donnie, it's like you, you walk into a room and people are like, oh, like light up the room when you walk in, not when you leave. Right. When you finally shut up. <laughs> right. Like that's the key is, is have some value, have some energy. Well, for- you know, let me challenge this thought process a little bit because I keep running into it and it's driving me fucking nuts. My personality, your personality, we're loud, right? You know, people are going to know we're there. But a lot of introverts hear us talk and they're like, but what about me? Yeah. And because they've got to know every, and I, I don't know why I did the mousy voice when I said, what about me? Just because they're introverts, but it's kind of like you using the guy voice, right? But, but I did. Um, you know, how does an introvert, somebody that's that not natural in that loud power, um, do the same thing without mechanically doing it and that i'll tell you the one thing you get that intromercial and you memorize it and memorize it and never do it in your sleep practice it so that the level of confidence because most of the time it's a confidence thing most of the time and once you find your voice the mechanics of a talk or a message or a sales sales Technique, once you have the mechanics, about 60%, I made that up because we can, about 60%. Based on all our research, right? (laughs) Yes, after all the research, um, what happens is 60% of your confidence, your, your doubt, your fear goes away. The rest is watch the people and then don't watch them. Here's why. You'll start talking. And people really just, they want interesting. So here's a great tip for anyone. Start out with a wow factor. So we're waiting, it's my turn, whatever comes up. And then I say, there is no greater tragedy than having sight and no vision. Helen Keller knew what it was like to be an entrepreneur. Some of us don't. 
I'm Jane Powers, Entrepreneurs Hire Me to Speak with Confidence, Sell with Authority. But I've done something that attracted their attention. It was unexpected. So it had them going, it had them tipped on their heels. They're like, oh, that was awesome. Now you've got them on your heels. It's just like when I played basketball, triple threat. You got the ball, you can either pass, dribble, or shoot, whatever, right? And they're on their defense is saying, I don't know what to do, but they're paying attention. You want people on their heels. Then you go in with your intro and they're going, oh, that was good. I, I like that. Ooh, so you know what this made me think about? So Clubhouse right now, it's exploding. You know, there's tons of people on it. People get to raise their hand and ask a question. Do they do this same principle when they walk? Because I know how I do it. Right. If I go, if I go anywhere, you're going to fucking know I'm in a room, right? You know, and I'm going to be loud and quick and in the room and you're going to know I'm there. But do, can people take this process of yours as their intro in Clubhouse before they ask their question when they get called up on stage? You should use it everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. I am on, I'm on radio, I'm on TV, I'm on, I'm on panels, I'm on stages. Every, and even when people are like, oh, hit the mic if you have a question, I'm like, Jane Powers. Entrepreneurs hire me to speak with confidence and authority. And then I'll ask my question, why miss an opportunity? Right. You always, you must forever. And then there's another, another trick that I love to use is you have to take the stage from the previous speaker. Like yes. your guy said, don't, man, don't, <laughs> don't showboat me. Don't, don't yeah. shadow me. And I'll tell you, I, I was speaking one time and prior, this was pre-makeover. So I, I dressed to cover my love handles and sweat. I sweat more than any man, woman, or child on planet earth and beyond. And so I dressed to cover all that up. Prior to me speaking, it was meeting planners, international conference, big convention. And this woman is, an, uh, she's a image consultant. She's draping people with scarves and ties. And they're like, oh, we love you. We love you. And I'm thinking, bitch. Oh my God, she's dressed like that. I'm dressed like this. They told me semi-casual. It was just, I was so, and I thought, okay, I've got to take this. She killed it. People loved her. So I hit center stage and I just stood there and I looked really angry. And I looked around and I said, yeah, all I want to know is who set up the speaking lineup? And everyone, I go, look at me, look at me. The room roared. Well, I got the pity vote. Right. I'm like, oh, poor Jane isn't all color. You're animal. She's not color coded. But what I did was I took the stage from her. You did a massive pattern interrupt to shake yes. up the crowd. I love it. So people are like, oh, unexpected. That's yep. what we need. I was on with a, um, a, a nonprofit was speaking and he kept using this line and I got, I'm sorry, I can't remember it, but I used his quote that he used early on. What that did, it tied me into the host, which elevated my credibility. Right. There's so many tricks that we've got to understand. And if we're just worried about delivering a sentence, you're not going to sell. Well said. If you're delivering through your voice, through your uniqueness. I have one client, RJ Redden, you got to look her up, Black Belt Bots. She so shows up everywhere with a cape and goggles. She's about two feet tall. She shows up very introverted. I mean, very, and she's one I said, you're coming to my event. You're speaking on my stage. I'm putting you in a cannon and shooting you out. And she's like, no, I'm not. Well, <laughs> she developed into this brand. She is known 
if she didn't have her cape and goggles, people are like, who? But she's very introverted, but her messaging is memorized and she will knock it out of the park every time. So I love that. Always, it just depends on find your unique voice. That's it. Girl, this is powerful. And I'm and I'm stoked that we got to record this and, and share it with all the champions. Guys, follow this girl. She knows her shit. And if you can't feel it through the voice she's throwing at you, I mean, just valuable. So for the people in the back rows, one more time on the website. Your speaker success kit. Beautiful. Darling, this is how I wrap up every episode. And I do trump stump some people. So if you were going to leave our audience champions from around the world with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them, especially when they're stacked up against it, what's a quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. Be you, be bold, stand up, speak up. Freaking love it. Jane, this has been awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I knew it was going to be a fun ride, and I'm sure yeah. they're going to be a fun ride as well. So thanks for doing this, hon. You bet. My absolute pleasure, everybody. And, and Donnie, I would love we'll find more time to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Been wanting to change things up a little bit on how we talk about our sponsors and the people who help make this show great. So this is going to be a little bit different style of commercial. Family Fund has been supporting families of first responders for a number of years. And it all started as a idea of Stacy and Michael McGovern who are the founders of Blue Family Fund. And it's a really unique story, but in lieu, instead of me telling you, hear it in Stacy's words of why they started Blue Family Fund. Because I wanted to give back, I wanted to do more. You know, we'd been so successful in our for-profit business that um, we looked at each other and we said, you know, how can we, how can we pay this forward? My husband and I, how, you know, how can we pay it back, pay it forward? My grandfather, when I was growing up, always used to tell me, you know, in life, you get what you give. And um, I'm a big believer in that. You know, what you put out there, you can sometimes get back threefold. So we really just wanted to do more. We were already helping police officers, you know, with off-duty work. So how could we help the families? You know, as a family of a police officer, I understand that it's just as hard on the family as it is the actual officer. How could we do more for them um, by providing maybe scholarships for their dependents or financial aid for dependents that want to uh, pursue higher education? Stacy is one of the most humble people I know. Uh, their company, Point Blank Safety Services, has employed 200 off-duty police officers for, for several years and success on protecting the freeways, the highways, and everything else has done just amazing things, not only for the state of Texas, but for the lives of the family officers that need additional income as they protect our lives. So for the fact that her and Michael would set up this fund to help the families in times of need, it's really a, a, a beautiful thing. Blue Family Fund is focused on first responders and their families. And recently, 
Stacy and Michael are able to give a small check to a the family of a fallen police officer. He was a, a husband and a dad, and very touching uh, moment as I watched the video and presentation of the check. And you know, I, I wanted to hear from Stacy what it meant to her to be able to do that for that family. It's amazing. Um, the feel I can't I can't even describe the feeling. And then. You know, when, you know, I don't feel like it's that much money, but then when you hand it to them and they, they um, break down crying because it's just enough to maybe get them over the next hurdle or obstacle that they've got going on, um, it's, it's really a great feeling just to be able to, to do that. And the, the family you're talking about, both daughters are actually also firefighters, so they're both first responders as well. Um, so just a total first responder family and um, just to be able to give back to them and, and let them know that there are people that, that are gonna remember their dad and their husband and there are people that care. It's it's a really great feeling. One of the things that I think is magical behind the Family Fund is because of the success of Point Blank Safety Services, Stacy and Michael have set up Blue Family Fund to where 100% of the donations go back to the families of first responders how we're different than maybe some other charities, how we pay all the bills for the, the nonprofit ourselves. So every single dollar donated can actually go directly to a family. So literally 100% of all donations are um, handed forward, you know, to, to either a scholarship or to a, a financial aid for a family that has lost a first responder. Blue Family Fund has been my charity of choice for number of years now and it's truly amazing organization so if you're a fan of the show and you like the content we put out there do me a favor head over to bluefamilyfund.org and send a little financial love their way Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.